Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You know, for him to be a young guy in his league um, and, and just consistently every single day showed up, been a professional, uh, great energy, high character. They show why he was able to, you know, throw everything to the side and just be him tonight in that moment. And, uh, you know, the game ball definitely goes to him. We don't win without him. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Lonnie Bleeping Walker. Junior. I thought it was the fourth. Is it the fourth? I think it's the fourth. <laughs> a few juniors. <laughs> There's a few. The junior of the even junior more of the so. junior. <laughs> even more so. Even that much further removed from junior. Uh, Unbelievable. That's all I could think about after watching uh, last night's Lakers-Warriors Lakers game was, I think Brian Anderson called it on the on the TV side. He called it the Lonnie Walker game. Uh, which is, I, I'll be honest, that's a little bit of TV overhype, but it really kind of was right. at the same time. W- what a performance um, of someone just coming up out of nowhere off the bench and becoming um, kind of a cult hero in the moment for L.A. Oh, I, if you're watching that game, they were struggling to claw their way back into that game and really didn't have much of an answer. Um, and then he was unconscious, mm-hmm. Josh. Whenever they, they checked him in there, he hit a couple, and you could just tell he was in rhythm. He wanted the ball. He started going at Steph, beating him kind of off the dribble and taking these um, contested shots. No, like, seriously, didn't even hit the rim. The, <laughs> he was unconscious out there. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, I think of the last couple of games that, that L.A.'s been on top of. You know, not just Lonnie Walker yesterday. I think of game three and D'Angelo Russell's start. Yeah. When he scored those first 11, he was unconscious from three. LeBron didn't take a shot in the first quarter, and everybody was like, oh, that's, 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 that, that, that can't happen. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And then they win by a lot. I mean, um, We've gotten on the Lakers so much. By the way, it's off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. That's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. We're What's actually up? looking at each other in person for That's the first right. time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> this is this is different. It's, it's true. Um, but you know, it we have we've criticized the Lakers for the last couple of years about how they've put together their team with LeBron and how it's always been like top heavy and then you know, like bottom down, just like veterans minimum and just like roster fill. And for the first Tristan time, Thompson. I guess there is still roster fill, um, <laughs> but it's for the first time in a while where there's actually some decent roster on, on, on that bench. I mean, we've seen Rui Hachimura. We have seen Schroeder. Schroeder. Yep. Um, now we're seeing Lonnie Walker. Uh, you know, there's 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 more to it, but this is actually a team. And I realize they're a seven seed, um, but credit goes to Rob Palenka and, and what they did at the trade deadline, not overthinking it at the trade deadline, even yeah. though, frankly, I was probably one of those people that said, oh, why didn't they do anything? Um, they've proven a lot of us wrong. And uh, they've actually quietly built themselves into a team 
that has more pieces than Golden State, and I can't believe I'm saying that right now. It was more about removing pieces, unfortunately, mm. with getting rid of Russell Westbrook um, and leaving space for someone like D'Angelo Russell to settle into that position. Um, he's not going to take more of LeBron's kind of natural responsibility of rebounding, taking the ball up the court. Uh, LeBron, he, LeBron's a unique character if you watch him from a basketball standpoint because he's a point guard that's a forward. Yes. And shifts between those on every possession. And so you almost have to have a point guard like a D'Angelo Russell who can be on the wing and then if the first play kind of breaks down, come up and then reset everything. But that's something that Russell Westbrook just isn't in his nature to do. It's like next level for him. That, that, and that's, and that's, he's not. He, he's at a, a really good level, yeah. but it's, not, it's like he doesn't want to take it to the next level. And in the most fair way possible, it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah. Where the Clippers with Paul George going down, it was such a better fit for him to go over there. Any mm-hmm. of us that know the game watching it is like, oh, that that that's makes so much more sense. And right. um yeah, it was more kind of them moving him away and allowing some of these other role guys to prove their merit right now. I mean, Austin Reeves has been fantastic. Um D'Angelo Russell is definitely proving himself. This is Probably the, the 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 strongest postseason performance he's ever had. For sure. Um, and it's it's not blockbuster numbers by any means. But it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. You just need to be complimentary to LeBron and AD doing what they do every night. You know, I, I wanted to start it this way, and I'm, and I'm glad we did because it is so easy to look at it from the other end, which is normally what we in our industry do, the other end being what's wrong with Golden State. Yeah. Trust me, we'll get there. Yeah. I haven't forgotten about that part because I think there are some things from the final 90 seconds that are certainly alarming to me. And Dieter Kurtenbach is going to join us from KNBR coming oh, up in about fun. an hour and a half. Love that guy. He's, he's going to set us straight uh, on that whole thing. Um, by the way, the other guy I was thinking of uh, from from L.A., uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he didn't do anything in 11 minutes yesterday, but Jared Vanderbilt has had his uh, had his moments as well. I'm glad you mentioned Austin Reeves because I completely forgot about him in the first five minutes of the show. I also learned about his nickname yesterday. Whose nickname? Austin Reeves. Oh, what? Okay, so LeBron has referred to him throughout the postseason as AR. Okay. And you know my other life, I'm I'm a branding guy. Yes, you are. So I'm like... AR fifteen. Oh, what if his number was fifteen? And his number is fifteen. Is fifteen, Josh? That's oh his boy. nickname. Oh boy. Now let's stay away from gun talk. Please, but just from a sharpshooter. Because <laughs> the first time you you said AR, I was yeah. like, oh no. Now, oh no. That's right. But <laughs> I I don't know if that's been as broadcasted because of. Uh, obvious reasons, right, but right. I was sitting there appreciative of of basketball nicknames and a sharpshooter like that. I'm yeah. like, that's kind of fun. I had not known that until today, and yep. now now I kind of see it. Um, after we watched Game Four, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you yesterday before we went into Game Four. Yeah. Has your mind changed about your prediction of this series? No, I and I think I said it in our brief 20-minute broadcast <laughs> yesterday that I duct-taped together from yes, the board. Yes, you did. Very thankful we have Liz uh, back keeping us straight. Um, but, uh, 
my my opinion hasn't changed. If anything, it's kind of been more cemented that mm-hmm. the Lakers are able to kind of settle into their size and um, their pace control in these games. Um, and I, I actually – I think I quoted them winning in six oh, yesterday. Okay. Um, which I, I think is a very real possibility that they're going to win one out of two in this trip to Golden State. You know, I, I think I had said Lakers in seven. Yeah. Um, I can't see Golden State winning two in a row. And uh, not I, without Pool. <laughs> no, or Clay. Well, I don't. I don't think even with Pool at this point. I, I think where we led with the Lakers and actually looking like a team for the first time in a couple of years is where I think these two teams are different. Um, you know, Golden State has a heavy reliance on Steph still. And, yeah. you know, that last possession in which Anthony Davis was guarding him yesterday is just another reminder of how much they still need Steph to carry the load. That's what Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be. He was mm-hmm. supposed to be the guy that takes a little bit of pressure off because he's still very young and he's still growing. Poole was supposed to be that. Poole's checked out. Monty Poole. I don't think Jordan Monty Poole. I don't. Yeah. That's the official. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Poole wants to be there. Um, Gary Payton the second. You know there. I don't know if you saw that um, possession that it went down the other way. He just walked off the floor. Mm. I I think Golden State, for the most part, is checked out. And, you know, it, it's been a tumultuous last couple of years. Yeah. I think there's a realization that the way the contracts are, are We're set. We're also talking about the defending champs, by the way. I know. It's crazy. I, I know. They won last year. Um, But I think we're also in the realization that there's too much money on this team. Yeah. They're going to have to trim down. And where does that start? Mm. This is not the, the dynasty, if you want to call it that. The legacy, I think the legacy's better. Yeah, it's likely over. Yeah. It might it might end tomorrow, um, which it is crazy. Might, it might have ended with Draymond punching Jordan Poole at the beginning mm. of this season, mm-hmm. just from an inner team, inner squad energy, um, unity. Draymond might have punched right through any hope of that of that happening. Because mm-hmm. um, you're exactly right. Poole looks so uncomfortable and without a role where he goes in there and he's trying to do his best with what he can. And he, in the past, he's hit some big threes, but you're not that guy to hit spot pull-up jumpers from 30 feet away, dude. I'm, yeah. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're, you're not that guy. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, th- that that guy's number thirty. That was still le- a cringy shot from way back when. Oof. I mean, way back when being what a week and a half, two weeks ago. That's right. Um, honestly, that was kind of a cringy shot from Steph yesterday. If you, you remember that possession where he took two over over Anthony over Davis, AD. and while to get back to the positive, I guess, which is where I meant to stay at the beginning, I was I was going to save some of the Golden State stuff for the next segment. Anthony Davis, um, LeBron said it in the post-game interview. He called Anthony Davis the best defender in the league. Now, I'm not willing to go that far. But what he did in that, was that second to last or last possession yeah. against Steph on in the perimeter, on the perimeter, around yeah. the perimeter, off of the screen, that was, to me, the defensive possession of the postseason. Hmm. I can't think of well maybe the exception of uh, of Schroeder 
guarding Draymond Green into the middle of nowhere toward the baseline, you yeah. know, sniffing out that hammer play that they were running. I guess, okay, two of the best possessions of the postseason right there back-to-back. And I don't think we give enough credit. I think at one point we talk about the Lakers defense is just being poor. Mm. Uh, LeBron not giving as much effort defensively. You watch him now and we're talking about other guys who have stepped up and have played great defense in key moments in a series that has seen some lackluster defense on both sides. We finally got some good defense when it mattered yesterday. It's funny you bring that uh, that up. Uh, The last possession where Draymond coughed the ball up, Mm -hmm. uh, I saw an alternate angle. And LeBron actually choreographed that defense. You're right. He not only pushed Schroeder over towards Draymond to push him baseline, but then got AD's attention to his left and pointed him into that corner, which the ball ended up ending up at. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me that the maestro could see that developing before it even happened. But it's also crazy to me... That Draymond Green still made that pass. Yeah. You know, like that was a rookie move. Right. Jumping up in the air and surrendering yourself. Mm -hmm. I can literally hear my dad telling me, never leave your feet. Yep. That's right. Never leave your feet because you're you're done. If if your go to option isn't there, you you have nothing else. Yeah. I I think Lakers fans, um, I think, can taste the Western Conference Finals. (sighs) I think this is. I, even going back to the bubble year, when, when they won the finals in the bubble year, and that was the year where LeBron didn't even want to be there. Remember, he wanted to get the bubble to end, and everybody else was like, no, we're staying. And then LeBron was like, oh, fine, fine, stay in the bubble. And they win the title in the bubble year. No. I think this is a better team than that year. Um, yeah. and, and granted, it's hard, it's, hard to, um, it, it's hard to judge that year. Certainly less veterans. Yes. Um, and and LeBron's older, and AD's older, and 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 they and they get hurt at a much easier pace. But man, they're such a better team. And mm. and I don't know how much of it is Darvin Ham, but I'm impressed. I I have to kind of step back on myself from what I've said about this team over the last couple of months. I have been impressed with the poise they have shown here. Um, I want to talk about the Warrior side. See, positive first. Negative second. I'm Good trying. news first. I'm, I'm, bad news second. <laughs> I'm Always. Really, I'm, I'm really trying. Um, not just the potential end of the dynasty or end of the legacy, but where I just find myself flabbergasted. And we mm. kind of we, we teased it a little bit with the Draymond play on that hammer play that was snuffed out. I got to go to Steph, too. We'll talk about that coming up off the bench. It's ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update coming up in just over 10 minutes. Why, you ask? Uh, we're watching Philly and Boston. Uh, that game's going to the fourth quarter. Series tied two games apiece, and it's the Sixers on the road uh, with an 88 72 lead. Uh, Joel Embiid's got 29. Uh, what, is, uh, what is James Harden doing, by the way? Uh, James Harden. Just a casual 17.7 rebounds, six assists. Boy, have we set the bar real high for him. Man. Well, I mean, we should have after game one. After game one. <laughs> but uh, uh, that is, uh, that's game five. We'll have game six right here on ESPN Honolulu coverage at one. Um, they're sneaky, Josh. The six, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I feel like they're kind of an afterthought to me right now, but 
they're handling Boston, which I thought Boston was clearly the number one team left in the East. Yeah. And uh, and they're on the road right now, but we'll, we'll get into them later, I know. Jason Tatum, by the way, 31, leading all scorers for Boston. But that bench is done next to nothing, which is uh, which is not helpful. Uh, let's go back to, to Warriors-Lakers. One thing that has... I think stunned me the most, and it's not just this series, but I'll, I'll go back to last series too, is that um, the Warriors' late game execution has been amazingly poor. You you, you had referenced um, Jordan Poole's shot yeah. uh, going back to, I think it was the series prior. And by the way, Monty Poole's not a referee. Monty Poole's like a writer for The Athletic. I don't, I don't know where I was I going I think there. it was game two? I think it was game two of this series. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It This whole postseason just, just... I know. Yeah. Just and you've been on the road. Together. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been a long long couple of weeks. Um, but I, I look back to that last game. The you know the possession with Draymond. Uh, Steph against AD one-on-one um, just shocked me. And, and, and not only that, you've seen a couple of instances. Steph throwing the ball out of bounds. You know, this last one where they had the jump ball, they got fortunate to get the jump ball. Steph on the ground, just chucking it over his head, Out of bounds. hoping someone was there. Nobody was there. Um, it, it's uncharacteristic of a team that has had so much success and has had so many good moments in the last minute to two minutes of games that they look so unorganized and, um, and discombobulated in some of these moments. You know, I... I th- really think that we're hitting on a a bigger issue right here, and it almost seems like Kerr has lost control of this team, where they've won and they've done it consistently enough now, where they've almost gotten to this mindset of we don't need solid coaching. We'll just go down there, give the ball to Steph or Clay, and they'll hit a big one, and we're headed back on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be. Um, not true. I'm actually looking forward to our, our, our talk with our boy from, from Golden State. But uh, that, to me, is the perception, Josh. Even at times when the camera will catch Kerr contesting a call with a, a, um, a ref, he looks lackadaisical, like he's not really invested. Um, and, you know, go back to the, the great franchises or the, the great dynasties, I should say. They still had solid belief in their coach complete abandoned surrender to that guy's mission and whatever he says goes Mm -hmm. even all the way back to jordan um with with phil uh he was still the guy in charge and some of those shots josh i don't know even though it is curry and he can hit those shots i i wonder if they could have maybe gotten a better one just because you can hit them doesn't mean you should take them that's right um, you know, we have been so spoiled that Steph has nailed some just ridiculous stuff. Rid- <laughs> and in this series, too. Oh, yeah. my goodness. A couple of those. Whenever you flash over to his dad, <laughs> who played right. in the NBA, yeah. and he himself is flabbergasted, that should tell you something. Yeah. I mean, we get so spoiled that he takes a 29-footer, and it's like, oh, he missed it. Ah, oh, shucks. You know? And, and and finally, I think we're kind of getting to the point where we realize it's not all shucks anymore. Hmm. Your your back's against the wall. You're down 2-1, and 
that 29-footer over Anthony Davis, who's playing some exceptional defense on you, that's what you settled for? Like, we were talking during the break. Uh, to your point on Steve Kerr, that's where a coach needs to be vocal. That's right. If you're seeing – because Anthony Davis was playing some good defense for a couple of – you know, time. he had that shot – ball got brought back out, I think, on the offensive rebound because AD had switched out, so the ball got tipped out on mismatch. No, you know what it was? It was it was Draymond Green. He didn't tip it out. He grabbed the rebound. My, my other complaint on Draymond Green, you're in the low post. Yeah. You've got the rebound. You don't even look to the basket. I, and I know Draymond Green's not an offensive first guy, but you don't even look to the basket. We've all, we're always taught when we're young. Drop step, you know, take your two hands with the ball, Take a big bounce. Take your pivot. You know, pivot down yep. right to the goal. Go up. Draw a foul. Cool. You hit the shot. You got a chance for a three-point play. But he threw it out for a worse shot. Where I could live with him going up. And if you get fouled, cool. If you hit the shot, cool. Hmm. Um, but he didn't even try. And 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 that was kind of concerning to me. Because w- when you're trailing. Especially in big moments, you need high percentage shots. Mm-hmm. You need high percentage and shots. Quick shots. That's right. A quick two is way better than a dwindled down, bad three point shot. Right. And you know this is where they had enough time. If Steve Kerr realizes that Steph can't get open against AD, you need to be yelling from the bench. Hey guys, switch around. You know you got to be a maestro here. Call call a screen over. Get Wiggins over to, to play a two man game with, uh, you know, with Curry. Get another. Uh, try to get another mismatch. Hmm. Move guys around off the ball instead of just relying on Steph to play one on one against a taller defender who happens to be pretty darn good in the in, in the perimeter. Like you got to do something. And the fact that they they let Steph Curry down there hmm. because they gave him no other option but to take two bad shots to try to save the game. Yeah, you, you watch Denver, and they play that magnificent two-man screen on the ball, pick mm-hmm. and roll, Jokic and Jamal Murray. I, I'd love for them to incorporate something like that, even with Clay. Um, it doesn't even need to be another big man, right. but something to separate that a little bit because I it, it's too much pressure, and the, the, the Warriors – are already putting too much pressure on Curry right now. Yeah, it's it's it, he's getting he's only getting older. Mm. He's not getting younger. Uh, Sports Center's on the way. An update on Philly and Boston. By the way, that's getting a little bit closer in Boston. It's a close game coming down the stretch. We'll update that and more on the way. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, by the way, I'll be at Beer Lab tomorrow. Our final uh, uh, extra innings with Rich Hill. And uh, we're going to watch the Laker game. So uh, that's that's nice. that's going to be fun. Uh, we'll watch the Laker game, and then we'll talk baseball. And uh, try not to get distracted while, uh, while, while doing all the above. So that's going to be a little fun. You can get in touch with us at 808-296-1420. That's where you can call us. You can text us here throughout the show. I, I, I want to talk about the stadium, Hunter. Hmm. Not like that. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I, I I was trying to say that as a trigger point to see if people would go, oh, great, stadium. No. Um, there is there is one thing that I actually kind of appreciate about whatever renderings have been out about the stadium that may or may not be built in Halava or yeah. anywhere is that nobody's tried to overthink it. 
um, you know, okay, we might have like an open section of the stadium, you know, seating is what it is, but it doesn't look like someone just, you know, tried their hand at freestyle art and came up with a, just a disaster looking stadium. Um, yeah. Like there's some statue of the Island chain or something like that. Yeah. Hovering over the, the top of the, you know, the, the awning over the bleachers or putting a retractable roof. There we go. With, again, rendering of the Hawaiian Islands or something like that. Because I will always, I will forever say, we live in Hawaii. Hmm. We don't need a retractable roof. Let us celebrate the weather that we have, even if that means we do get a little bit of the uh, the halava mist or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever rain we get. More often than not, the weather's great. Let's yes. celebrate it. That's Let's right. enjoy it. Um there have been a couple of renderings that have come out today of some stadiums that you as a graphic designer yep. in your – not your other life, your current life, the other, current the, life. the other half of your life. Uh-huh. Um, when I don't go into the telephone booth and I'm an ESPN right. show host. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would make you just puke. Um, let's set up the, the A's one first because okay. this, one, this one's a little more complicated. Um, the A's apparently had this deal for uh, a ballpark um, just near Allegiant Stadium, and apparently that fell through. Now, less than 24 hours after hearing that falls through, they actually have a deal, it seems, with Bally, uh, where they're going to knock down the Tropicana. Uh, and I've never stayed at the Tropicana. I just I saw the renderings, and I and I saw the area where the Tropicana is, and I only know it because... Uh, the area across the street used to have like um, uh, there was a Whataburger and there's uh, no not a Whataburger I'm sorry a Wahlburger uh, yeah. the Mark Wahlberg's one and, and a couple of other places to eat and they've knocked that down now it's a whole bunch of construction um, where apparently they're gonna knock down the Tropicana and they're gonna put a baseball stadium there and you know cool the rendering for that is just trash. <laughs> Because the the trash part is the roof over the stadium. <sighs> is that the one? Yeah, that is the one. See, uh, I've seen uh, some uh, other renderings, and they don't look bad. So I don't know if this is the official one. Uh, or... I don't know if it's official, but it, it's it's the one that got released today. And, and let me paint the picture. It is – see, that one's not bad, but that's, that's not the one I've seen today. Okay, all right. So it <laughs> – you know, it, it looks like your your typical stadium, right? Where it, uh, like whatever a typical stadium is for baseball, baseball only stadium, and then the roof is a baseball. It's white. It has the red seams. It's been painted. It's been painted like a baseball. This is not okay. No, the fact that the, this looks like something that they've handed off to an intern. <laughs> And then the intern photoshopped a baseball on top and said, here you go. I'll do you one better. Um, this is the one where the graphic designer decided, hey, I've got a 10-year-old kid who, uh, who loves art. Hey, son, what would you like to see on this baseball stadium design? Hey, daddy, put a baseball on it. And they put a bleeping baseball on it. For, for all those listening at home, it's stark white. With 
blaring red laces on it. Not going off of <laughs> the Las Vegas kind of aesthetic that the Knights have struck with yeah. the black and the gold. Yeah. Or even UNLV has black and red right. and silver. No, this is a f- like a Getty Images baseball. Getty Images baseball. For those that don't know, on a dome. For those that don't know, Getty Images is like stock photos. Yes, where you don't have. It's like open source for the most part. This is horrible. (laughs) Well, wait till you see the inside. See, they have photos of the inside, and it looks like the the sky is superimposed like cosmic galaxy. And I'm not sure if it is meant to be open roof. Or if it's if you've been to Vegas, if you've um, if you've been to the Venetian, hmm. uh, and they have that area where you walk around and it's not open sky, it's a roof. Um, well, not a roof. It's a ceiling, but it looks like sky, and you're walking under superimposed sky to help kind of create the atmosphere. It looks like superimposed night sky under a baseball. Um, and, and again, similar to the Bellagio, uh, walking around in there, and you feel like you're in Italy, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I think it's isn't that near there? I, th- I think so. Bellagio is a little bit further down the strip, but it's gotcha. close. I haven't yeah. I haven't been to Vegas enough three times in the last year. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's well, not not to the strip. I try to avoid the strip as much as possible. And you'll be going back for Mountain West uh, Media that's, Day that's, too. That's right. Um. <laughs> You know, I don't understand. And there are some things that they build in Vegas that are supposed to be, you know, kind of cool. For example, they have um, – and I think it's a little off the strip – that dome. Have you seen that? It's like a circular dome yeah. that, that's supposed to be – they've been building that now for years. But is that it looks not like, where Cirque du Soleil is? No, it's not open yet. Oh, okay. It's it's that round dome. It, it's I think it's a, it's uh, I forget what they're calling it. It's like I think it's MGM Sphere. Okay. Um, but that's supposed to be like oh this, yeah, you know, MGM yeah MGM Sphere Las Vegas, and they're supposed to apparently have when it opens up, U uh, two supposed to have a uh, a residency there. Okay. I don't I don't believe it's opened yet, but okay. it's supposed to be. You know, like kind of this futuristic thing. And that's actually kind of cool. It's opening up in, um, it looks like October. Okay. Um, cool. Because it's different and it's Vegas. Yep. It's like going to a hotel that's, uh, that's the, the, was it the MGM Grand? That's a pyramid. Uh, that's you know, that's, that's a little bit different. That is just like, I don't know, middle school art class. Yeah. But I'll give you one better. Orlando wants an expansion team in baseball. Oh, boy. And so today, the uh, the owner of the Orlando Magic came out with their um, expansion pitch. They want to call themselves the Orlando Dreamers because, you know, you dream of winning a championship, but you never will. Um, Josh handing out L's. The stadium, it, it, it's, it's like they want to combine a baseball stadium – with there's like metal bars yeah. around it, like it's supposed to be the roof, but it's not. And then some walking path out beyond center field, whatever that's supposed to be. Uh, you know, whatever happened, and I, I don't, I don't know where we lost our way. It wasn't Allegiant. It was, it was before Allegiant. But all of a sudden, we decided that when we were going to build things, 
we didn't need to make them look normal. That they needed to look like something that was futuristic and looked modern and something that could look new for years to come. But then we forgot at the same time, it might look stupid in five years. And some of these look exactly like that, where they look great in renderings, and then you build it and you realize, why? Yeah. And both of these renderings we got today in Vegas and in Orlando fall under the cool on paper, cool when you paint it, not so cool when you build it. They both fall under that. Could we uh, say that it looks better as a dream than actually reality, Josh? It looks like a nightmare more than a dream. Dang. <laughs> it, 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 no, seriously. It just it, it looks like something that you, you, you overslept and your dream went on too long. And so you start putting things on top of things on top of things. And then your mind's going crazy and you're racing and you're hyperventilating and you've come up with this mess of a building. That's that's what it looks like. I mean, it, it looks like a ballpark combined with an amusement park. Yeah, and you know what we it looks something like that. And you know what Florida has that. It's called Marlin and, Stadium. Well, in Orlando itself, that that area is covered with amusement parks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, covered. My my family went to Orlando twice a year, every year from the time I was five. Yeah, so. Th- that is the place to go for roller coasters, for Disney, for mm-hmm. – um, uh, I forget what the other big one is down there. Universal. Uh, Universal, thank you, where Harry Potter World is. Um, of course, Harry Potter World. Th- this is in that world of things where this would yeah. be going. Yeah. I, I, I forgot. It's not Marlins Park. It's Lone Depot Park. And, oh, yeah, we also have a, a Tropicana field that had rays at one point behind. Was it that Was it that one or was it Marlins Park that had a little a literal aquarium behind home plate? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> we just, just build a stadium. Just build something that's going to last. Just build something that's not going to rust huh. like we've learned. Uh, build it to 50,000, 60,000 people. Have some amenities. Have some great ballpark food. Have some parking that's not a disaster. Mm. And just build something that's usable. It sounds that's to all me, I ask. It sounds to me like the people that are in charge for both of these stadium projects are still um, needing to get on the same vision together, Josh. They need a vision first. A vision first. The first have a vision. Not not a splattering, and then uh, and, and then work on it. That's that's all. That's why I say though, you know, we we all whine and complain about the current Aloha Stadium situation. At least when we're looking at whatever renderings they've come up with, that it's not something that's going to cost an exorbitant amount of money because they wanted to put so many um, extravagant things on it. Like the the one in um, oh yeah, that one in Orlando. The thing that I didn't like. The scoreboard out in center field or in left center field, whatever it is, is vertical. Hmm. It's ver- it's a vertical screen, and and that's supposed to do what exactly? You know, if if you're gonna do something with a screen, Jerry's World, you know, put something that's gigantic that everybody can see. Jerry's World set the bar for screens. What they did in SoFi, I wish I could have been at SoFi to go see that. What they did there, futuristic, but hey, um, usable. You know, it actually gives you stuff. It gives you a screen, gives you information. It's workable. A vertical screen for baseball does what exactly? (sighs) Yeah. um, 
Stretch, are, stretch out chubby players. Oh, so you're, you're saying Bartolo Colon would love to be on that screen. I, I didn't name saying. any names. It, but, uh, it, it was the anniversary of his home run a couple of days ago. <laughs> yep. um, He's who I was thinking of. The, you know, the, the, there's another actual place that's, that's um, you know, putting together a stadium plan. And that's Seattle. Um, you know, not for their current you know, football stadium, but they're actually redoing. They want to re- refurbish one that can have high school events, that can have an MLS team in there. Mm. Uh, I think they're talking about rugby in the, there the, as the, well. You're saying they're taking care of their things? Josh? Yeah, I am actually. Wow. Um, and it is the owner of some private group there that actually wants to to do that. Um, you know, but for for those that look at this project, they compare it a lot to Snapdragon, right? Uh, there's actually news on that that I think um, I'm actually interested in here. And I'll explain that coming up here in a little bit. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We might have a uh, game six where Philadelphia could clinch the Eastern semis at home. 113.92. Sixers are up on the Boston Celtics. They've got under four to play. That's in Boston. So uh, game six in Philly, we'll have it right here on ESPN Honolulu on Thursday. Could be a clincher for uh, the MVP, Joel Embiid, and the Sixers uh, against Boston. So we'll uh, we'll follow that. Next week, our coverage of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. So we'll have uh, short shows throughout the week uh, as we uh, kind of chase all the playoff action as we've got every game of the Conference Finals. And the, uh, and the NBA Finals. So we were talking about stadiums, and I wanted to bring up San Diego. Um, you see, the thing about what San Diego has done and San Diego State has done that really should have been the model here with the exception of, you know, it's a state-owned land and state-owned, you know, you know plan and state-owned failure and, and so on and so forth is that you build something that people want to be in. So I was thinking about this last night um, when I when I got home. Amazingly, not on the plane because I had five hours and forty five minutes to think on a plane, and I didn't because there was a kid kicking my seat in the back, nice. going to Hawaii for the first time, and and she's telling her parents, "Where's Maui from? Where Where's Maui from Moana?" Like, stop kicking my seat. I want to sleep. It was it was rough. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, it was Maui and Mohana because, yeah. you know, we're not flying into Maui. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so so the um, San Diego Union-Tribune reports that the MLS wants to go into Snapdragon Stadium. They have an Egyptian billionaire nice. that wants to present something to Major League Soccer. The local Sikwan tribe wants to present something. And it's a $500 million plan. They want to go to the MLS, not, not San Diego State. You know, they, these people want to go to the MLS to get into Snapdragon Stadium. And we're not talking USL. We're talking about MLS. the big league. Yep. And I am sure they could sell out that facility. I'm sure that that could work. So I'm thinking, you know, we we talk often about how we don't set our sights big enough. That's right. USL has been talked about, and that's not the top league in soccer. 
why haven't we been talking about the MLS? Why have we not been looking and setting our sights on a league that continues to want to expand? Yeah. Um, we have the best. We have great weather. Um, you know, and I think we were talking about this during the break. Their television package, I think, actually could be friendly to us. And here's why. Their television rights are streaming. Their local and national rights are owned by Apple. Mm. They have a few games that are are syndicated or, or sub-licensed is the word in TV uh, that are sub-licensed to Fox. But other than that, local broadcasts, national broadcasts are all owned by Apple. So it's all streaming. You could – and I was reminded of this by um, you know, Timmy Chang and the football staff. They were, you know, they were tweeting stuff out on how football used to be the chaser game, uh, and, and they want to go back to that. You know, we could be the the last game on TV, which I'm, I don't think will work. And we've talked about this a number of times. But you got great weather. You play at night, and I think you could be in a situation where you're not stuck at playing four o'clock games. That's right. You could play at six or seven o'clock at night. You could determine your start times. And you could be, because people bet on soccer, you could be the chaser game in soccer. And more big stars, recognizable names, are playing the sport in America. Not just in Europe, in the in the Premier League, yep. or in uh, um, Bundesliga yep. is in the Germany. other one. Yep. You could have big stars coming to Hawaii, and it's not like the USL where average salary is around what forty-five to fifty thousand, which is not really a great livable wage here. That we're talking about probably millionaire soccer players. That's right. You don't think those games are packed? Yes. You ever watch a Galaxy game? Oh yeah, they go nuts. Mm-hmm. Seattle Sound, uh, Seattle Sounders, Sounders like that too. The Chicago Fire, they they go crazy for the those teams. I realize we've just put soccer in the D block, which is unlike, you know, what Hawaii radio would normally do. But, hey, um, you know, think about that. See those crowds. They appreciate and they have lots of pro sports, right? Why couldn't that work here? Why Why do we have to settle for thinking about the USL when we have the perfect climate year round and could also host probably non MLS stuff here to put more things in that in, in whatever venue that would be, whatever it's built. Yeah. Why couldn't that work? Why why couldn't we think of that? Why couldn't if we had a stadium and we found an Egyptian billionaire <laughs> and some private corporation owner to put up five hundred million dollars to say, hey, bring us a team, let's populate this facility. By hey, the way, if you're listening, yeah. 808-296-1420. If you're an Egyptian billionaire yep. or uh, you live in Abu Dhabi, I, I don't know. Um, why couldn't we do that? Is there a reason why we couldn't think bigger than USL and rugby? NUH. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we have to think bigger than UH, and it's, and it's not... Right. It's not a, a slight at UH, but it is an understanding that this has to be bigger. This is the thing I thought about last night. The more, the, the longer we continue to sit back, and I see you guys on the phones. We'll go to you in a moment. The, the longer we sit back and wait and, and not do anything, you know what's going to happen? That's another promoter for a concert or for a sporting event that's going to say, I don't want to do business with them. Yep. Just like how Glenn Wakai had said in that, that PBS Insights thing, the, the, you know, the next month that we wait 
it's going to be a smaller stadium and it's going to cost more. What I, I just heard something recently. I think it was Josh Green who said something along the lines of 2029. Um, let's in, go. In a, in a, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Let's hit, let's hit 2030. Let's Come on go. now. Let's, let's hit an even number. There, there's got to be odds. Right. At this point, there's got to be a number in the sports book <laughs> over in Vegas. Let's, let's go to 2030 or 2035. Let's yep. hit the evens. Um, Put it all on black. You know, like... This is the kind of stuff that when people say we don't think enough, like it, it can't just be about UH. It has it has to be more than that because, like they said, and they, the one thing they were accurate about, UH is only seven games a year. That's right. We need other markets. Right. Let's say hi to Paul. Paul, we got about 30 seconds. Okay, good, because that's all it's going to take. Welcome back. Thanks. I, it can work because I suggested it. Hawaii Day games. They could have seen how it looked like. Thank you. I don't Hawaii Day games. I didn't. I, I actually don't know if I would go for Hawaii Day games, but okay. Um, it's saying Hawaii Day games for football. We're, we're going to need to bring on a uh, a sun tan lotion as our sponsor if that's the case. Oh. Everyone be cooking in the sun. Hawaii football at Aloha Stadium presented by Copper Tone. There we go. Uh, Sports Center and our first look at traffic is coming up. Do I have sunburn, by the way, from coming back? It's ESPN Honolulu. Hunter, can you tell me or can you tell the audience what you told me during the break? <laughs> about this apparent prehistoric thing that is apparently alive. Okay. Uh, let me let me set this up there first. There we go. Um we're we're watching the NBA playoffs here in front of us and um Turner Sports and well more so now Warner Brothers Discovery who owns Turner Sports. The last few years when they've had the NCAA tournament and what they do now with the NBA playoffs is when they have this because they know there's there's high viewership they will shove a commercial down for a show right down your throat. Oh, yeah. To the point where it's almost like you have to watch it because once you do and you realize how bad the show is, it's out of your head. So in the uh, March Madness, yeah. it was Dr. Pimple Popper that they just shoved right down your throat. Which you know I love. I Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't. I just don't understand why you do. I, I can't understand why anybody would. Um and now, apparently, during um, TNT's uh, you know playoffs yeah. for the NBA, they're shoving down your throat, naked and afraid. Winner takes all, which I, like I, takes all the clothes. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> so we were talking about that, and apparently, that's such a prehistoric feeling show yeah. that apparently there is some kind of conspiracy theory about something that's prehistoric well, on the internet now. I told you, I, I would love to see a shark, a shark week promo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, back when you and I were, you know, growing up. Well, Discovery Channel's under Warner Brothers now, so uh, All right. well, 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 they've always been under Warner Brothers, but TNT's under the same umbrella, so you'll get Shark Week. There we go. Well. well, I'm a big fan of Shark Week. I'm a big fan of all that stuff, and there's there's a conspiracy theory going on around there now, Josh, that a prehistoric shark, okay, nicknamed Megalodon, and for brass tax purposes, think of a 50-foot great white shark, okay? Okay. Basically what Jaws was, this thing is, okay? 
there is a conspiracy theory that not only does it exist, but they've caught it on satellite imagery. And so, again, this was on one of my late-night TikTok binges. You need to get some sleep. Do need to get some sleep. And you also need to get off TikTok. Uh, it, it, but the, here, here, we, here we have... It's those Chinese putting things on no. TikTok to get in your All brain. Right. Now, okay, at, normally I'd swipe right through this. It was a weather channel, okay, uh, or, or a weather uh, university somewhere was, was doing research for how crustaceans in the ocean affect currents, affect ocean patterns, and subsequently weather patterns as well. So the, from the satellite imagery, I'm like, what, what, what is this? This is what you're seeing on TikTok? Okay? What, what, what is this? There's it, actual science on TikTok? That's right, real, real Not stuff. Not things man. about like re- weird dances. No, and- no. It's it, it was real stuff, and so I'm like, oh, this is interesting. What's going on with these crustaceans? And they they talk about this one blip on the outside of this ginormous hundred mile wide cr- across swarm of crustaceans. Okay, so they zoom in, they zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, and it looks like the shadow of a shark. And when they took the scale from the zoom-in of the satellite, which they have it all measured, they showed what, at that scale, two school buses would look like next to that shadow of the shark. The thing was bigger than two school buses next to each other, and it was the exact image of a shark. You sure it's not Photoshop? Now, I was just going to say that. I'm a professional with Photoshop. You are. I, I definitely could have drawn something like that. The little kid in me likes to wonder if <laughs> if something like that might be out there in the deep blue. Texter says, totally bogus info. <laughs> Stick to sports. You're welcome. By the way, this show is not sticking to sports. Sorry. That's not going to happen. Uh, I'm getting put we, back we, on the bench we're, after we're, that we're, one. We're, we can get into entertainment. Um <laughs> I, you know, the only thing I'm impressed about of that is uh, you use TikTok for non... Oh, real stuff. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know anybody who uses TikTok for, I don't know, informational material. Yeah. I mean, like, my wife uses TikTok and then sends me things that are on TikTok. I don't read. Yeah. Um, she send me because I don't, I don't cat have videos it. or something like that. Yeah. Or, or something about like some advice thing or something or the other. And like, yeah, I don't have TikTok. And I don't, you, I, I, I can't even keep track of my Facebook. Why you search deep look enough TikTok? on TikTok. I bet there's renderings of Aloha stadium that we haven't even seen yet. <laughs> Is it shaped like a megalodon? It might, it might, it just <laughs> might. You just got to keep swiping. It's out there. In in the deep dark, uh, uh, the bowels of the web. Yeah, an actual rendering. Maybe there's an actual stadium in the deep dark bowels of the world wide web that oh, we just don't here's know. The they question, just have to Josh, pick it up and put it down. More likely to happen, we get a new stadium by 2028, or they come and find out that Megalodon is real. What's more likely to happen? This is fantastic, this or that. By the way, this segment is brought to you by Naked or Afraid. Yeah. um, Winner take all on Discovery Channel. Don't know when. Um, Probably Megalodon. 
Probably Megalodon's more likely than the stadium in 2028. Text us or call us, 808-296-1420. What do you think's going to happen first? Oh, the poll that ruined the show. This is, <laughs> this is a great poll right here. Megalodon is uh, real or UH will get a new stadium by 2027. Oh, you do not want to see the results of that. Because <laughs> it ain't going to be 2027 and it ain't going to be 2028. I can guarantee you that. Um, speaking of stadium. Uh, Leroy texts in and says, uh, Hunter should submit his campus stadium design to the UH regions and see if the regions can convince the governor to build a stadium on campus. Leave Aloha Stadium for housing. Mm. Do you have a, a, a stadium rendering? Have you have you gone that far to make your own? Oh, yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. I have it. I'll bring it. Okay. I'll bring it. Okay. I, I was serious. <laughs> Would would you actually send it to to the regents if they asked? Uh, if, if they asked for it, absolutely. We cause enough ruckus on this show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would see show the it last to them. eight minutes of the show to understand the ruckus we cause. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Now they've they've gone forward with the plans for where I had envisioned it, which was on the UH grass field. Up okay. There. Um, I believe there was enough negative space over there underneath the dorms to to build something. Mm -hmm. They've now moved in the other direction of that is where soccer and soccer track. and track is going to be housed. Yeah. So um, it's at least under the current plan, it's obsolete. Yeah. However, uh, th there are some renderings. Maybe I'll bring it in. You said something to me during the break, though. Um, you don't. Uh you don't think there's going to be a stadium on campus anyway? Unfortunately, I do not. Explain that one. So it it's beyond the needs of UH at this point for the stadium. The only reason they're still entertaining the Halava site or this alternative site, too, which they have mysteriously mentioned to us. Did you, know? you find that in the bowels of the internet? No, but like in <laughs> the, 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 the last couple newspaper articles and uh, um, they, they mentioned an alternative site. I don't know if you remember that. You've been, I don't. On, you've been on the road I, for I've a little while. I've been on the road while. for a while, yes. Um, but uh, the reason they're entertaining the Halava site for a stadium is because of those other markets that they're going after. It's not just for University of Hawaii. Right. It's it's bigger than just us as their main tenant. They right. have They're looking for it to um, house uh, ILH and, uh, and Hawaii State uh, – uh, you know, which is what this stadium was doing anyway. Th that's what I mean. So it, it's it's going to be bigger than just UH. Where I don't know if the state will partner with UH. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. with the proper funding needed to build a proper stadium on campus, right? Other than what we're doing right now, by the way, at, at TC Chain Complex, which they've done a great job in the small amount of time that they've they've had. Correct. Um, and by the way, partnering to make something. With ILH is not bigger, um, you know. It's it's comparable or smaller. Mm -hmm. um, I we just had a segment a little while ago about you know why are we just thinking about the USL? Why can't we think about the MS uh, MLS? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like saying, all right, we're we're thinking about ten thousand people going to a stadium. Why can't we think about how we can maximize twenty seven five or thirty thousand? But we're thinking about ten. And I'm not talking about UH. Yeah. I'm talking ILH. I'm talking state championships for football. You could also possibly have that for a state championship for soccer if you wanted to. But um, we've been to state tournaments. We've been to state championship games. I've called a couple. You've you've seen some. You don't 
you've had 50,000 um, you know, capacity at Aloha Stadium, and you're not getting 20. Hmm. You know, even when the entire town uh, of of Laie comes out to the stadium to support Kahuku, you're still not getting 15 to 20,000, but you're great at getting, you know, one side of the stadium that is a sea of red, but it is not 15 to 20,000. We're, we're talking about literally like 10. Yeah. That's the small thinking that ruins the whole thing. Like we need to be thinking more about, um, you know, like Vegas has residencies. You know, that's that's cool. We need to be thinking about a long term plan for, you know, let's 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 get Bruno Mars here for like five shows in a week. Yeah, let's let's get a Bruno Mars residency in Hawaii. I don't know. Let's 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 think about what we can do that can seat thirty thousand, not five on a weekly basis and ten for a special high school event. That's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of energy, it's a waste of resources, and it's a waste of money. And we've wasted so much money already. Already. Like we need to start we need to start thinking bigger. I mean, we've talked about this before. I, I almost feel like I'm a broken record about it already. Yep. But it, it just seems like we just go in the same same circle. Oh, high school. Oh, minor league soccer. Or, you know, or or, or, or professional rugby. If we're if we're building a stadium around minor league soccer and rugby, yeah, as as major tenants, we're not doing it right. We're not we're not maximizing income, potential income. We're not maximizing revenue opportunities. You know what we're doing? We're filling a venue for potentially, I think they said like forty dates a year, to get you ten thousand people. Yep. Where I would rather do with something that could that might be twenty events a year, that gets us closer to twenty thousand people. Yep. Because you know what's going to happen? There's the trickle down effect too, right? That you start having events that bring you less people, you know it's going to go up, right? Parking prices are going to go up. They're going to have to make up for the fact that you have this this nice stadium that some at some point will get built, um, and they it's not bringing in the kind of revenue that they expect. So you know it's going to go up. Your your concession prices are going to go Big up. Time. Your parking's going to go up. I mean, we've been spoiled at the current obsolete stadium yep. of really good parking prices. Yes. Even so spoiled with that. that and, and people complain all the time. No, there are some flaws about the way parking was handled at Aloha Stadium, but the prices, you could not be beat. Uh, you know, you, you go to, I went to a minor league ballpark and, and spent 10 bucks for parking. Yeah. Probably not worth it. Um, Angel Stadium is, what, 30 um, to go to a major league game. What were, what were we spending for a UH game? Like, it was seven. Yeah. Wrigley... You would park in like a a grass field, bumper to bumper, with another car for like twenty five bucks. Wow! What 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 do we spend for professional events at Aloha Stadium? I think professional events, and it didn't matter what, if it was um, anything professional. I think it was like eighteen. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen? It's all gonna go up if they don't meet the demand of what a venue, a newer venue, should should bring in. So, you know, again. In order to try to meet that cost, you have to have a venue and you have to have a vision of a venue that is going to meet 
that cost and meet what you want to bring in sans entertainment district, sans any housing. That's French for you if you're uh, not sure what sans is. Because I, I want to think of the stadium as independent. Yeah. Anything else around that, great. But we should look at the stadium as an independent entity of what it can bring in on its own. That's the barometer of how successful your your venue is, of what you can bring in on it, on what it brings in on its own. Um, and right now, that barometer, based on what they're talking about, is 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 woefully low. That's my concern for four, five, for twenty twenty nine, whatever it is. That's my concern is that we're setting the barometer so low that the new stadium, whenever it's built, is going to go to waste because it's not going to have enough quality things in there to reasonably make it work. Hmm. Uh, let's get uh, let's get an M. Dyer Global scoreboard in here. Great transition. Brought to you by M. Dyer Global, <laughs> moving Hawaii into the future. Denver's got a 17-9 lead on Phoenix. They're in game five of that Western Conference semifinal. Uh Series is even at two games apiece. That's been a fun series. Uh, final earlier, Philadelphia 115, Boston 103. They're going to go back to Philly with the Sixers up three games to two in that best of seven series. Game six on Thursday. You'll hear it here at one on ESPN Honolulu. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. There are more texts. One set me off, even though it wasn't even for me. One set oh, me boy. off for about seven minutes. Imagine the next one. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. I need to point out, um, while this stadium discussion is still here, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Dear Kurtenbach coming up in about eight minutes, uh, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline, that um, uh, Liz Stacy, who's running our controls, she said to me uh, and you during the break that the stadium needs to be at minimum 70000 because she wants to see a Taylor Swift concert. I don't blame her. She's a Swifty. Let's get Swift in here. And I said, let's get Beyonce in here. You know, immediately I put my you know head down to the to the table and said, he's not oh, he's no. not a he's not a believer, Liz. But I did. But I did say, I would go. Heck yeah! Not not because I'd enjoy it or anything. But oh come on! No, I. It I, would be a good time. But I, you see. She does this, like, dive into the stage thing now. Have you seen that, Liz? Like, literally, they open up a part of the stage, and she dives like it's a pool. And she just disappears into the stage. Like, I want to go just to see if she survives. Uh, are you fanboying now here? I'm a, I'm a fan of anything dangerous that could result in injury. So you watch Naked and Afraid, winner takes all on see, Discovery. For the record, no one's afraid on that show. <laughs> They wouldn't be on that show if they were truly afraid. Okay, I'm poking holes in that. Now I, I let it go the first time. I'm not letting it go the second time. They might be naked. No one's afraid. Uh, see, okay, but here's the thing. I would go because it's where everybody else would be. And if I if I if I don't go, then it's like FOMO, which for those that don't mm. know is is called fear of missing out. There you go. Um, you know, and then I could I could say at that point whether I thought it sucked or whether I thought it was a, a decent experience, then uh, I can walk away at least saying 
I was there, and I could say whether it was not good or it was. Um, but I couldn't say that if uh, if I didn't try to go. So, but you're not getting seventy. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. So, so you're not getting a Taylor Swift concert here because you're not getting seventy. We're still stuck on twenty-five. Good luck. Good luck getting a Taylor Swift imposter here for twenty-five. You might get ten for that though. The Carnival Cruise version of Taylor Swift. Yes, exactly. So Taylor, Car- Taylor Slow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Um. From from bad jokes to bad texts. Liz loved it. From bad jokes to bad texts. Uh, texter from the 781, what about building a stadium that has no spectators? People nowadays would rather watch the game at home, a sports bar, or at a watch party. Just as much fun. So you're saying a public park. Isn't that kind of, oh Where you might get bleachers that hold 50. I'm going to refrain what I was about to say. <laughs> Because I very much like this job, and I like my relationship with the coaches at UH. It's it's the closest thing you have to something with no spectators. There we go. It's it's not a put-down of a public park. It's many public parks don't have seating unless you want to bring your own folding chair. That's all, but at least parking's free. Parking is free. Mention ESPN Honolulu. Get the 750 special at the Pagoda Restaurant, now located in the International Ballroom. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage, and rice or toast, or choose pancakes, waffles, sweetbread, French toast, or omelets. Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m., weekends till noon. For details and menu, visit PagodaHawaii.com. Dieter Curtin, Buck Neck. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll get Dieter Kurtenbach when he's ready. Uh, when we get him, uh, he'll join us courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia celebrates our military during military month. Um, earlier in the show, you had asked the question because you were so daring to ask this question. Uh, what is more likely, a, a new stadium by 2028 or this megalodon thing being real? <laughs> um, you know, we haven't really had a lot of people bite on um, – uh, on that, on the poll, on our text, but texter from the 675 with the text of the day. I hear Iowa Athletics put the house on Megalodon. <laughs> You've heard about that, right? No. So but I love that that text was extremely well written. So there's been a, a, a scandal here recently with um, athletic programs uh, betting on events you i mean alabama baseball baseball um but that was where a coach was talking with someone while they were in a sports book placing a bet um now you've got iowa and iowa state in a situation where um you know they're talking about just they've they've they're investigating student athletes they're investigating um yeah it's it's bad um there is one situation i want to say it was iowa baseball in which they actually held out a regular from from playing in a weekend game Whoa. because that regular was um, was under investigation for this you know gambling scandal, and this is all baseball, by the way. It's interesting to me, though, Josh, the amount of commercials and encouragement by the media mm-hmm. to gamble these days on sports yeah. way more than it was when you and I were coming up right way more uh, I mean it, it's a title sponsor on the Pat McAfee show 
Right. It, it's a, a, a regular FanDuel, DraftKings, all of these are, are normal players in, in our, our advertising market now. And I'm not giving excuses, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a different world that we live in now. Iowa's won, by the way. Yeah. 111 individuals. Woo. 26 current student athletes from baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, and wrestling. One full-time employee in the athletics department. By the way, it was not one that was withheld. Some student athletes were withheld from upcoming games due to a potential violation. Iowa State, 15 student athletes. Football, wrestling, and track and field have had, quote, online sports wagering allegations. And there is an NCAA rule on this. You do sign, you know, the the NCAA, you know, to be an amateur. Um, that is part of it. So you kind of sign away your ability to gamble. So, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. When you have FanDuel and DraftKings and, and all those. On those your- guys need better VPN services. <laughs> Oh, don't you don't you get them going now? Uh, John's calling in here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. John, how are you? Uh, okay, I kind of called in to vent some uh, Major League Baseball frustration. Please do, please do. We've got time. Well, as a Cubs fan, I'm about ready to give those guys a couple weeks off from watching them. Uh, it's like for about the last twenty one days, I must have seen fifteen innings where they had bases loaded with no outs, and they don't score, like, any runs. Okay? And it's like, but if they're three runs behind, they can move, get a hit with a guy in, in um, it, they can get a guy in from, like, second base. But once it's tied and we're trying to go ahead, I can just about guarantee you that somebody's going to strike up, pop up, or hit it, like, right to the shortstop. And I'm like... The pitching staff is doing very good. They got a very low ERA, but all of these. Uh, by the way, Dansby Swanson today had like two doubles and a home run, and they're still losing by two runs in the ninth inning to the Cardinals. Okay, so I'm kind of um, I'm kind of going crazy over here, but I'm about ready uh, to take a couple weeks off from watching baseball so I don't lose my mind. John, um, thank you. You know, you actually saved me a little bit because I was going to break the bad news to you that your pitching staff that you had just said was not doing badly had given up two runs in the top of the ninth inning and, and your team's losing six to four to the Cardinals. Um, to, to the Cardinals. Um, and by the way, one of those runs was on a pop-up down the right field line to which your right fielder overruns it, run scores, makes it six to four. But I'm glad I didn't have to be the one to break the bad news that John must have been watching the game himself and probably saw all that and figured, I'm frustrated, I'm fed up, We're I'm going to call the, the radio station. Cubs. We're back to being the lowly Chicago Cubs, unfortunately. The 17 and 18 lowly Chicago Cubs is what you're saying. That's right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give you that, although I can't really say anything. I've got a team who's, uh, you know, 15 and 19 in the San Francisco Giants, um, you know, but not like not like my expectations were high at all. So yeah. there, there's a difference. Cubs fans, your expectations are always high. Um, Giants fans, it used to be every other year where our expectations used to be high. Now it's like, man, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, baseball's maybe. funny. The, that nucleus of guys, you know, you guys getting rid of Buster Posey, Baumgartner's uh, 
waiting assignment mm-hmm. down in the minors right now. That that nucleus of guys is is over. And the same thing for the Chicago Cubs with Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Um, they're gone. Yeah. They they brought all these guys up literally from the ground up like like plants and they've been sold to the highest bidder. It's it's devastating for these mid tier markets. Oh yeah. That they can't compete with the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the Mets, you know? Um, to keep the talent home. But that's unfortunately in in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap. And unfortunately that's what you know it goes. Yeah. Uh, the luxury tax doesn't stop teams because they can just pay the luxury tax. It doesn't bother them one bit. Um, you know, and, and until baseball changes, and I don't think it will, um, they don't, the only thing they seem to care to change are rules. Fine. Um, you know, un, until that point, um, this will continue to happen. Uh, you can be really good, and then you'll be playing for the Yankees in two years or when your contract expires. Shohei Otani, mark my words, will be a Yankee because they will spend $500 million dollars to make him a Yankee, Jeez. and the Angels can't keep him because the Angels can't win. So why would he want to stay on a losing team? Um, you know, and so he'll become a Yankee at some point. And just imagine that outfield of Otani, Stanton, Stanton, and Judge. when he's not DHing and Judge. <sighs> just imagine that. Texter from the two five eight. The stadium conversation is still resonating with people, which was not the plan initially, but it did happen. Texter says, I bet we're not getting a stadium by 2030. Zero chance. I don't think it's a zero chance. It, it better not be a zero chance, yeah. Look, I, as, as frustrated as I am and as negative as I am about how we've gotten here, I still blindly, I guess, have hope. I had hope for 2027. Shame on me. Fool me once. I still kind of had hope for 2028. Fool me twice. Uh, Shame on me. Um, 2029, I'd like to believe is a chance. I'd like to think that we won't let this go on so haphazardly that we let it get to 2029 and we still have nothing. I, I believe that at times we are dooming ourselves we are thinking too small we are changing our minds we can't stick to something we can't have the guts to just say we're doing this let's go because we want to appease whoever it is we want to appease i don't know who we are appeasing at this point but i'd like to say i do believe in 2029 I don't. I don't want to be that negative to be like, oh, we'll never get it built. It'll never happen. Yeah. I want to. I want to still have the belief and the hope that something we have will get the chance. Done. Yes. Yeah. I think our football program needs to have that belief and that hope that somebody will come through for them. I don't know if it's going to be this governor, but that somebody will come through for them and get them a, a, in a in a playing in a place that can attract recruits and can bring a level of positivity back to the program. So what are we going to do with Ching whenever the stadium does get built? I'm glad you asked. Because it's almost as if we're going to have two stadiums on our hands. 
But I think that's great. I do too. I, I think that's awesome and almost a more home field advantage whenever we play the Fresnos or um, t- – it's tough for me to think about it from a strategic point at the, at this level, mm-hmm. um, but from a, a marketing pitch to recruits, check it out. We've got two stadiums. Now you've got a fifteen a, a practice facility that can seat seventeen thousand people. That's right. And now you've got a game facility that can seat. Oh, I don't want to say twenty five thousand, but I guess we have to for now. Thirty. We, Thirty. Okay, you're being positive. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> But I'm not even settling in my, in my thinking for okay. less than 30. And thankfully, one of us is. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that can work. But I also think this is an opportunity. And I, and I, and I wish Stan Sheriff Center was, was used more in this regard. It's unfortunate that it's had to take a backseat to the Blaisdell when it comes to events. I want to see the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex be something where students can gather. Mm. Not just for seven football games a year. But it can gather for, hey, uh, movie night at the complex. We'll put a movie up on the big screen. Let's say that big screen that goes up in front of Les Murakami Stadium whenever they, they put yeah. it there. can watch a movie on the big screen. We've got dollar popcorn. Um, you know, we've got... We've got good, you know, campus fellowship. You know, there we go. A great thing for students to 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 get there and be a part of. We could have dollar kirins. Dollar what? Dollar kirins. Oh, you're thinking about the uh, the juniors and seniors. That's right. Who are course. going? Uh, okay, upperclassmen only. I got gotcha. you. Um, events like, hey, let, let's do a, a battle of the bands. Ooh. Okay. Remember, remember when people used to do? I don't know if they do those anymore because mm. nowadays it's all about American Idol and uh, and America's Got Talent. But remember back in the day, it was battle of the bands when those those young up and coming rock bands would get together battle of the bands have it on a stage there at Clarence TC Ching Athletics Complex and have about 5 to 10,000 students there with like a like a concert that'd be cool and yet they also get to you know vote on their favorite band um if you have a an, a a a music event that is good to be outdoors um and doesn't want lawn seating like the shell hey we got a venue here on campus. Yeah. Sometimes we have to think more than just the athletic side of it. Something for the students. An out. Let's do an outdoor. You know, like um, KCC has the uh, farmers market yeah. that they have a couple times yeah. a week. Hey, let's you know when there's nothing going on, let's do on the weekend. Let's do a a, a farmers market where you can walk around. Um, you know, the, the inside of the uh, Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex, and that can be a place for students. You want to grab, you know, affordable food, for fruits and veggies, some, some other stuff. You could take it back to your dorm. Why not? It's not a bad idea. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't have to be about sports. And that's, and, and that's the beauty of some of these venues. I wish, I, I wish the Stan Sheriff Center was given more of an opportunity to do that, but I think that could be as well. And mm. again, Enjoy. I know we get the Manoa mist every once in a while, but it ain't that bad. It isn't bad. Enjoy being outdoors, enjoying something cool that will bring the campus together. That's all. Uh, keep your thoughts coming. You can uh, text us at 808-296-1420. You can uh, uh, call us at 808-296-1420. Let me get uh, one more here. Texter from the 233. I don't think there will be a stadium by 2030 either. I think the fact that UH is expanding Ching Field to satisfy NCAA requirements, the legislature and governor will then think they don't need to have urgency with this product. 
or project. I also think people in government are hesitant to be the one to pull the trigger because they don't want to take the blame if this plan goes south and affects their re-election. Just my opinion. Too late. Too late on that last part. Um, I, I, I think you, you're already seeing something that affects not just the athletic community, um, but it affects a population in general, and it looks like no one's willing to make a decision and people are being wishy-washy, so it does kind of affect those kinds of plans. And you don't just think about re-election two years out. You think about re-election as soon as you step into office mm. because everything you do from day one all the way till day thousand, whatever it is, um, if you're thinking about re-election, it starts from day one. You screw up on day one, people don't forget it, and that affects your re-election chances, uh, chances a couple of years later. So we're in 2023, Josh. I would be blown away if we don't have something built agreed. in the next six years. Agreed. I, again, I don't. I don't want to be. I, I think people are just frustrated. Yeah, totally. I and I, I hear it. I'm I, with them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I. I think we can be frustrated, but I think we can be reasonable all at the same time. I, I think it's. I think it's possible. I think we can get there. Um, and I think we can strike the right balance in doing that. Uh, let's get traffic in here. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Tomorrow's show is going to be a little interesting, Hunter, um, because we're going to have a little. We're going to have a little bit of news tomorrow. Ooh, uh, okay. Apparently, well, um, NFL schedule releases on Thursday. There's going to be a couple of games that I think are going to be revealed to the public on, um, I don't remember what platforms, but I think Christmas Day is going to be revealed to the public. Um, a couple of other games. Some other games will be revealed in like the, the, the morning TV shows, I think, the, the, the morning of the release. So we'll have some tomorrow. We can, we can talk about that. Um, this is going to be a little inside hardball, I guess, or a little, a little inside baseball. Probably, I have to probably keep it a little bit within here because um, I don't think it's totally for the public. But um, we're going to get a briefing tomorrow. There, There's going to be an upcoming announcement on whoever the next athletic director is going to be. Ooh. So, um, and I don't know when that announcement is going to be. We haven't been told when that announcement exactly is going to be. But um, Talk about cutting it close. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard what middle of the month so we're i mean we're almost at the middle of the month so probably within the next week week and a half potentially although there i don't think i've seen anything finite on that um but here's what we're kind of told and um uh, again i i I can't go much further because there is some some inside baseball on it that's really kind of strictly for us for our planning purposes in the media um we're gonna be told why the hiring announcement and process is different from previous athletic director announcements. Um, and then I guess we get to ask questions and, and learn a little bit about it. So um, I, I guess there's not much to take away from that. But I, I, I guess the other side of it is um, we are – why is this getting forwarded to me? This is the same – Oh, oh, it's a different time. Um, but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, we might actually be learning a little bit that maybe we didn't know about this process. This is all just kind of coming into us now. So you know, pardon me if we're, we're a little bit kind of on the fly with this. But, um, yeah, um, have, your, uh, have your schedule open tomorrow morning. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll listen on that. We'll, we'll get some questions. What is it that you would like to know? I, I think between us, I yeah. will, that's probably going to be something that leads the show tomorrow, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. 
But um, what what would you like to know about this process that maybe as we're getting closer to it, um, maybe you don't know, maybe you want answered? Outside of the obvious, who's it going to be? Not only who's it going to be, how much um, priority or emphasis was put on the search committee? Okay. And their recommendation. Great call. Great call. I would love to know if this came directly from the search committee. Mm Mm-hmm. That, I think, would be something that would have to be answered by David Lassner. Yep. I don't think David Lassner's going to be on this meeting tomorrow. Um, It it sounds like it's going to be a bit uh, bit underneath him. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I guess maybe we'll know the answer. Maybe we won't. I mean, maybe maybe that is known. I don't, I don't know. Or just if that search committee was actually used for the intention that it was put together. Yeah, I'm, I'd, I've got to believe without having the conversation tomorrow, I've, I've got to believe the answer is yes. I, I'd, yeah. I'd like to think that the search committee was, was used in its intention. Um, I think what I'd... I, I guess my question, if I had to ask it, would be: Are we on? Ha, has everything gone on schedule? Mm. For example, yep. um, the because they gave us a timeline. You totally. may recall, right? Back in was it January or no? It was um, it was January, February. When the announcement was made, and then they they had that timeline for you when said, applications would come in, et cetera. He said he'd be out in June, right? Too, right. So that's why I meant cutting it close, right? So. I, 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 my question is: Has everything gone according to the timeline? Have mm. they had things been delayed? You know, if we're looking at the process, if they're saying the process might be a little bit different here, have there been any delays? Have there been any any snafus? Um, yeah. Are is the timeline on schedule, or are we going to be in a position? I, I don't think we will, but I think you have to ask the question: um, Could you be in a position where there is an interim before? someone is in on board or maybe the other example is if whoever the new person is can't be on board right away if let's say they're not they don't live here they may be from somewhere else they have to move and whatever that there is an interim yeah well that's what i thought we were going to get a little bit of that interim period with him kind of showing whoever the next person is the ropes Mm -hmm. or whatever that is josh so Mm -hmm. uh, some of that might be ironed out depending on i guess who it is yeah, and I, again, I don't think we're going to get the answer to that, um, but maybe we'll learn a little bit more about how we will get to the potential answer uh, coming up here in a little bit. All right, uh, Sports Center on the way. Traffic as well. Dieter Kurtenbach, uh, KNBR, is going to join us here just after the top of the hour. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Dieter Kurtenbach from KNBR in a moment, but first, Hunter Hughes, we have just seen the kiss of death exist at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. We're watching Suns and Nuggets game five. That kiss of death, his name is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. he doesn't have an Avalanche jersey on. This is true. Russell Wilson is sitting courtside. His new coach, Sean Payton, is also there. But the last time we saw Russell Wilson at a sporting event, as you just said, he was wearing a Colorado Avalanche jersey, cheering on the Avalanche against the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken gave the Avalanche cracks. I couldn't help it. I had to. Um, Give him lickings. Yes. Uh, and that is why this fake rooting for the fake home team That's right. in, in the, uh, the terms of Russell Wilson comes back to bite you. So I'm calling it the series between the Suns and the Nuggets starts today because Phoenix will win game five. 
Russell Wilson's track record in Denver right now is a losing one, and it's going to continue today. Uh, that leads us to Dieter Kurtenbach from KNBR. He joins us courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Aloha Kia celebrates and thanks our military during Military Month. I'm not sure if you buy into that nonsense that I just spewed over the airwaves over the last 30 seconds, Dieter, but uh, um, I, I cannot help but think that uh, Russell Wilson's continued losing track here over the last uh, 12 months plus is going to continue to find itself there in Colorado. All right, first off, hell of a segue. Let's go from Russell Wilson and the kiss of death. Here's Peter Curtinbach, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great song. Second, totally agree. Everything you said should be considered gospel. Uh, this guy, I don't know. I don't know what happened. He used to have magic for winning. Now he has the dark arts, and it's uh, uh, it couldn't happen to a cornier guy. Yeah, uh, you know what you know yes. what you need. You need him in LA rooting, rooting on the Lakers. Uh, then we could uh, we could just <laughs> screw all that up and then get us to a game. You know, seven. deep down, he's like a secret Yankees Cowboys <laughs> Lakers fan, right? Oh, so you mean he's a um, you know he's he's a guy that only goes for uh, for the brand names, is what you're saying? Totally, totally. He was he deep down he was rooting for the Patriots during Tom Brady's run. <laughs> I think he's, big Alabama football guy. I think he's a member of the Yankees loosely. <laughs> With their That's spring, true. their You're spring right. club. You're right. That, that explains why they haven't won a World Series in a there while. There we go. <laughs> They're trying to ride. Oh man, uh, Dieter Kurtenbach is with us, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. We were we were talking earlier about um, you know Warriors and Lakers after watching Game Four, and you know. It, it seems like, and, and you see this team every day. It almost feels like yeah. some of these warriors are no longer dis, uh, are no longer engaged in this series. It, it seems like the air is out of the balloon at this point. I think the air is out of the balloon. I don't know if it, it, it term engagement is necessarily fair because I don't think they lack for focus. I think that they lack for ability at this juncture, and that's pretty harsh when you consider. It's Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, two guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame, and they look old. And Clay Thompson looks like a shell of his former self. I mean, mm. not only is he not providing on offense, he's barely getting by on defense. You know, you're getting one out of the two with him every night. You either get a nice offensive night or a good defensive night, and you never get both anymore. And boy, he was forcing up some ugly shots late trying to find some rhythm. I know he made one in the sort of closing minutes of the game. With some air balls. But he had a couple he had a couple looks where it was like, oh boy, this is this is how we remember Clay Thompson for years to come now. Like it it's brutal. It's brutal. And I, I say all that just to lead into this <laughs> statement that I've been saying since they went down, you know, two one. It wouldn't shock me if they came back from three one. <laughs> Like, it just it wouldn't. Yeah. Is it likely? No. Would I bet on it? I mean, I'd have to see the number. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be too keen to put the mortgage on. Uh, at the same time, until I see the Warriors in a concrete coffin with the final bit of dirt on top of them, and I write the coroner's report, I'm not going to believe that they're dead. They've never lost a Western Conference playoff series with those, those three guys and Steve Kerr as their head coach. It's hard for me to believe that the Lakers, who are fine, they're not great, they're fine. It's hard for me to believe that's the team that's going to do it. So, we'll see. You win game five, suddenly it becomes a two-game series, and Warriors just got to win one road game and get to seven. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking myself out of it here, but it's, uh, 
they got a pretty daunting situation on their hands, and they've done it before, but that was a long time ago. You know, one of the things we were talking about that I've just been surprised by is poor execution in the last couple of minutes. And I've totally. always been so used to watching a team that when it comes to the last couple of minutes, whether it's Steph, whether it is Clay, you know you're going to get uh, a great look there. You know you're going to get uh, you know any chance to win a game. I, I see Draymond Green you know dribble into a bad pass and a turnover. Credit the Lakers yeah. for sniffing out the play. I, I see True. Steph Curry taking two bad shots over Anthony Davis where it seemed like he had no help. I'm just seeing execution uh-huh. go by the wayside, and that's not normal. It's difficult for me to put too much on Clay and Draymond in those situations because they're not the guys who should be playing with the ball in their hands. This this is where Andrew Wiggins comes into play for me because Andrew Wiggins is the one guy on that team who should be able to put the ball on the floor, get to his spot, rise up and hit a shot over anybody. And while Steph Curry is doing that, that's not what Steph Curry's built for. Like he's doing it because he's incredible, but he ain't built for that kind of game. The NBA playoffs is all about two-way players, and it's all about wings who can get buckets. You're watching the Phoenix Suns tonight. They got nothing but two wings who can get buckets. Everybody else on that team is a bona fide scrub. But they got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So who the hell knows? Like, that's, that's all you need. Um, <laughs> you look at the other, you know, what does the Miami Heat have? They got a bunch of random dudes. Kyle Lowry, good player. And then Jimmy Butler, who's just the man come playoff time. Puts the ball Dude. on the floor. I'm going to go get a bucket. Andrew Wiggins was that guy last year. And he's just not that guy this year. And it shouldn't surprise us because it's Andrew Wiggins. At the same time, it'd be nice if he were to turn into the old one for the Warriors uh, now that they're down 3-1. And the fact that he it, it just feels like he's ancillary to everything that's happening, sort of old Timberwolvesian Andrew Wiggins, very frustrating um, from the Warriors' perspective. Steph Curry shouldn't have to be carrying this burden the entire way. And frankly, you know, Draymond Green shouldn't be an offensive, you know, juggernaut. He shouldn't be the guy who has to do that. And Clay Thompson, as brilliant as he is, he's a catch-and-shoot dude, always has been. Probably the greatest of all time at that. But that's what his game is. Andrew Wiggins was brought in specifically for this role, and he's just kind of floating out there. And if he does it for one more game, Warrior season's over. I mean, I will say, I mean, not just you know, not just that Jordan Poole has, has been a disappointment, but we Ooh. say we, we say Draymond Green shouldn't be an offensive juggernaut, but at the same time, you grab an offensive rebound with less than thirty seconds to go, at least look at the basket. Sure. That's all that's all I'm asking. Just look at the basket yeah. for a two. Um <laughs> we, we had to uh we've got Dieter Kurtenbach, can be joining us here on Off the Bench Hunter. Dieter, you're uh every time you, you talk to us, it's just uh makes more and more sense. Uh, everything that you say. <laughs> and last time we Forget had you that. on the show, um, um, you mentioned something about Jordan Poole just uh, really not being all that good. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie, my friend. That was like hearing a prophet come and talk um, when you see just how accurate that was in this playoff series. What's been your read there? It's so much more jarring to watch Jordan Poole in person than it is to watch him on TV. And obviously, I, I don't travel but for a couple of games on the road in the regular season, but I'm at every game now. I'm on, I'm, I don't even know what city I'm in right now. Um, <laughs> Sounds so, like me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like I was in Burbank. This, I don't know. I mean, at some point I'll end up in Denver, perhaps. Who knows? But uh, it's uh, Jordan Poole, when he plays and you're not watching it from the television camera's perspective, it's just stunning how little control he has over anything happening on the court. Just He's just out there flailing around. He reminds me of the inflatable stick balloon man's outside of used car dealerships. Just everything's going in a different direction, and it's just flopping around out there. And when it works, it's spectacular to watch, but it doesn't make any sense why it would ever work. Like, it's not coordinated. It's just herky-jerky chaos. And listen, the Warriors don't have any alternative. He's supposed to be their sixth man, mm. which, you know, is all they ask him to do. They don't even ask him to play good defense. Just like go out there and just like find us fifteen points. Just let us survive the non-Steph Curry minutes. And the last couple of games, they're like, you know what? Don't even play anymore. <laughs> just you hang out here and pout and complain about how everything is so unfair. And we're going to go play somebody who can actually, you know, put their head down and maybe give us a winning play or two. And so they're playing Moses Moody, who is no offensive threat to anybody, but is just solid, just a solid basketball player. And, you know, bided his time, never complained, stayed ready, got a chance here in this postseason, making the most of it. Whereas Jordan Poole got $130 million for four years and scored zero points yesterday in a game that the Warriors needed to win. I'd be stunned if they kept him. I'd be stunned if they kept him. At the same time, I'm not sure who the hell would take him. When you're outscored by Lonnie Walker the fourth. Um, by the way, those balloons make me just as about likely to go to a car dealership to buy a used car as they are <laughs> when they're not there. Uh, so I don't, I don't know the purpose of those balloons. Uh, Dieter Curtin. Well, Jordan Pool is just as likely to win a game when he's not there as he is when he. <laughs> Dang! Oh, see, this 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 is the segues that that we work so much on. Um, zero points. Gentlemen. Yes, zero. Uh, you know, last... I had as many points as George. <laughs> Lastly, Dieter, um, since you mentioned the coroner's report, which you haven't written yet, you may have to write it at some point in the next few days. Yeah. You know, I I I've thought about it since the Bucks announcement that they were getting rid of Mike Budenholzer, and which mm-hmm. to me was is a shame. Uh, I don't think it's his fault. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, Golden State, do we see something similar? Do we see something where Steve Kerr's not back next year if they don't win this series? Mm. No. I No. I mean, flat out. I think that, you know, Kerr deserves some criticism. I also think that he's done a really nice job with adjustments. You're not wrong about the execution. I mean, at a certain point, you put the players in position and they got to get the job done. And, you know, <laughs> Steve Kerr is clearly not reaching Jordan Poole, but that's not a reason to fire a coach that's put four banners in the rafters. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to blow this thing up over Jonathan Kaminga being angry about playing time. Um, but they're going to be, I've been telling people like what happens if the Warriors lose to Sacramento? Well, you blow it up. What happens if they lose to the Lakers? And I said, it was contextual, right? If it was seven and it was a slug fest or someone got injured there's a world in which everybody stays together and it's hunky-dory. And I guess they could get to seven. And I guess that world could exist. But going down 3-1 and kind of going down sad the way that they've done it, uh, where it wasn't even close in game three, and game one was kind of a joke, and then they couldn't execute down the stretch in game four. Like, it, major changes are coming. The, Joe Lacob is not going to pay $500 million 
for a team that can only take a game off the Los Angeles Lakers, maybe two. Like, that's not acceptable. So, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, anybody else come on down, you might not be on the team next year. It's going to be Steph Curry and maybe a couple of guys that we already know. Like, they, they got to shake it up. they got to change some stuff. And I don't think Steve Kerr will be part of that, but Bob Myers, the GM, could be part of it. Uh, his contract is up. I think it should be extended, but that doesn't mean it will be because uh, I don't make the decisions. And if Bob goes, there's a world in which Steve follows him in a couple of years because they're very close, and Steve is a very collaborative guy. Bob is a very collaborative guy. It's kind of tough to collaborate with you know, someone who's not your guy if you're the head coach of a team. So uh, they have a, a brain trust there. Breaking up that brain trust, I think that would be even more significant than Clay Thompson playing for another team next year or Draymond Green playing for another team next year because as much as we want to pin the bad stuff on the coaches, Steve Kerr's done an awful lot in the last nine years to facilitate winning for the Golden State Warriors. Mark Jackson wasn't going to do this. It's not like you could just throw some schlub in here and and they're going to somehow – put banners in the rafters. Uh, maybe they could have with Durant, but not, not before and not after. Mm. So Steve Kerr's not going anywhere. He has a contract, but a shakeup's coming, and I'm interested to see how, how long it lasts. We will see which players are behind door number three in the NBA's version yeah. of Let's Make a Deal. Uh, Dieter Kurtenbach, KNBR, by the way, really good dad. Uh, Dieter, appreciate oh, you as you. always, my friend. Thanks so much. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Bye. Thanks, Dieter. Dieter and all of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline, uh, celebrating and supporting our military here during Military Month. I, I needed a game show reference in there. I uh, figured let's make a deal is the perfect one. There you uh, go. Wayne Brady version. Sorry. Um, your, your takeaway from that. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that I, I I don't know that I would say Steve Kerr would be fired, but maybe a retirement. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Steve Kerr were to step down. That, if you start retooling a roster and you start looking at a, at a at a roster that's completely revamped, why wouldn't Steve Kerr think, "Okay, my best years are now done as a head coach. Maybe I can't get back to this point where I can coach a team to the Western Conference Finals. Maybe it's time to say, uh, let's get back to broadcasting." Yeah, and I mean, he's you know, mid 50s in his life at this point. What's left to fight for what's left to play for you've had Mm -hmm. multiple championships with the bulls and the spurs as a player and now from the coaching you know uh, side of your career four championships with the warriors i mean it is as dazzling of an nba career as you're ever going to find right um no sense i mean no uh, shame at all in, in hanging it up however josh something he said that i absolutely agree with it wouldn't surprise me if they came back because we've seen it so many times before. However, unlikely, with that ball in number 30's hands, you never know what can happen. It's over. Josh, Josh. I mean, if they, if they got it to a game seven, sure. It's over. Mm. I, I look at body language. Yesterday was different. Yeah. Winning I, that second one in L.A. was, was a difference maker. I look at body language. I look at execution. Um, I I look at uh, uh, I, I I look at how much is on Steph's plate, and it just I I can't see them completing a three to one comeback. I, I just can't do it. Uh, you can text in. You can call us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. By the way, um, you're going to hear in our traffic update here in a second about a situation going on. Um, 
uh, Anoi Road between the Like Like and Luluku. This is uh, you're going to hear this from our traffic guy here in a moment. Um, what you're going to hear, what you're not going to hear, and I'll just tell you. Um, did I have it right? Yeah. The Department of Public Safety says there's a barricade situation there. This is in Kaneohe. There was a oh, why did my screen have to go away from me there? There was a mistaken release of a pretrial detainee. And that's why there's a barricade situation in Kaneohe. That's why there's an HPD investigation. They're saying the public should stay away from uh, Anoi Road between the Like Like and Luluku. Keep that in mind as you're in traffic. It's off the bench. Did I sound um, a little annoyed earlier? With that whole uh, mistaken detainee thing, did I come off as frustrated? Did I come off as like I don't know, like really? Did, did I sound like that earlier? Um, it no, felt like you were choosing your words a little wisely. Oh, okay, and so there was a bit of caution. Yeah, because I can't commit an FCC violation with what I want to say. There you go. So yes, I was choosing my words wisely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Liz says I, I I did not come off as negative. She clearly does not know me well enough. Um, this just in, according to KHON, uh, sheriffs have negotiated the peaceful surrender with the man after mistaken release of pretrial detainee led to a barricade situation in Kaneohe. Thank goodness that's over. Great job, sheriffs. Uh, glad to have people working for the people of Hawaii. Uh, in, in, in getting something done there. It, I, I don't know how bad it could have been, but uh, thankfully, peacefully over. There we go. Um, we were we were talking earlier about the uh, Matt Ariza situation. Let's, let's set this up. Yeah. Matt Ariza um, lost his job with the Buffalo Bills. There was um, a, an allegation of a gang rape of a minor back in October of 2021. Uh this is according to uh, someone who came out and, and said that this happened. Now, remember, the district attorney in San Diego declined to press criminal charges against Ariza. Witness testimony, we find out, according to uh, audio, ESPN obtained audio from a meeting attended by a few people, that he was not there uh, as this allegation was being made against this per against Ariza, the district the deputy district attorney uh told the I guess the woman in question here that Ariza left the off campus party an hour before the time of the alleged incident, was not at the party when it happened according to available video timestamps, um and that nobody outside of their office knows about those specific timestamps of the videos recovered from the parties. So this was apparently kept very close together. Now, ultimately, what, what led to that, Ariza lost his job. He is still someone who does not have a job uh, in, in professional football. I, I know you had a takeaway from this as as you've watched this story now kind of progress over the last 12 hours. Yeah, you know... Each situation is unique. Each situation uh, deserves um, the proper amount of um, sensitivity mm-hmm. because of 
the topic at hand, anything related to domestic violence, um, sexual violence of any nature is horrific and deserves um, some delicacy in the way that you react to it. Of course. Um, However, when you're seeing all of these things kind of come out afterwards that, you know, these people that have kind of been villainized may or may not have even been involved. Um, Obviously, we know about the the Me Too movement and um, things of that nature. Again, I think there's probably more involved in this situation than that. However, I can't help but go there in my mind a little bit, Josh, of our our country holds our justice system – in a very simple fact, you are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And so a lot of times things can kind of be thwarted in another direction when when media gets a hold of it and you can almost make these guys seem to be just oh, you know, send him to the curb. He he did something horrific, he's off the bills and his professional career is over now when it it may not even be true. So that 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 got my wheels turning just a little bit. Yeah. Um obviously it's a very complex issue right here in each um scenario and each case needs to be looked at for that. But um I don't know. It it just got me thinking a little bit on each of these specific situations with professional athletes um deserve a little bit more focus. You know, you you said the media. I, I I'm not going to put this on the media. Um, you know, I'm going to put this on social media mm. because you're right. We do have it is innocent until proven guilty. That is what um, we should be priding and holding, uh, priding ourselves on and holding to it to a certain standard. Social media doesn't afford that, and it's it's That's one right. of it's one of the flaws of what that is. Is that anybody can have an opinion whether you pay eight dollars for a blue check mark uh, or you don't? Whether you write one tweet a week or you write a hundred, um, you know anybody can have an opinion, and anybody who reads that opinion can amplify that opinion, and anybody who is not knowing of anything can see that opinion and think it's gospel. And the more people see it, and the more people cause reaction, and in, if you're the Bills and you see people tweeting you and retweeting you saying, what are you doing, and causing all this you know, negative uproar um, because people see what it is that's being shared and everything on social media, then you have that turnaround that ultimately goes there. It is the, um, it is the, the wheel rolling down the hill that isn't necessarily in a, in a positive direction. Hmm. So I, you know, I, I put a lot of it on, on social media. I am very cautious, and again, social media reaction can be very negative in this case too, where you see people who are going after who the person who was the alleged victim and saying derogatory things and negative Ugh. things there, and you know you it, it's almost like in social media you can't win. That's right. Um, for for every good person there is on social media, there's an idiot. Sometimes more than one. That's right. And the, with algorithms and everything, you don't necessarily know, um, you know, how many good, how many bad. It's just what you're being fed. 
right. or who you follow or, or whatever it is. This this could very well be a situation because I, I hear people saying, you know, something should happen to this woman because, you know, she, you know, put this person in a situation. And, and my thing is, I don't know that. That's right. I don't I don't know that this person purposely, you know, put this individual put Matt Arise's name out there because she wanted to get back at him or wanted to do something to his career or whatever We don't know it is. all the things. Exactly. It could be a situation where she thought, in the situation she she was in at the time, she thought that, that that was the individual, and it turns out that based on video evidence, it's not. Um, we don't know. And that's why I'm, I'm very hesitant on that front to, to all of a sudden start playing the blame game. Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, I want to bring it back to football. Go for just, it. Just for an instance here where these multi-billion dollar valuation teams are worried about their brand images here. It's less to do about the individual and more what that individual represents and then has – a carryover to how the team itself is represented. Mm -hmm. So now that in some ways, whether he's been fully cleared or not, there's at least been some holes poked into this situation on maybe there's some innocent innocence here and maybe we bring him back for a tryout or something. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, Look at the draft, Josh. Just in the first the first round, the Philadelphia Eagles felt like the case with Jalen Carter from Georgia was innocent enough on his behalf. I remind people of that case for those that don't know. Uh, for for those that don't know, Jalen Carter was involved in a um, a racing. Uh, a vehicle racing incident uh, killed, short, a teammate and killed a, the teammate and a trainer from Georgia. Um, it was shortly after the national championship. Right. Um, and th- it was widely speculated that he might even be looking at jail time, uh, much less being drafted. But that was sealed up um, or sealed up is the wrong word that the, the case itself was was wrapped up. Yeah. And they they were able to move forward and the Eagles drafted him. Um, I'm bringing that up because not that long ago we were talking about um, criminal criminal allegations being put against Jalen Carter. And here he is not that much longer later being drafted by the Eagles. So I, I, I don't know exactly where the road is um, on each of these cases. I think it's different on each one, but it is uh, enough for me, I think, with the evidence being put forward right now to maybe uh, at least begin dialogue with the guy. Yeah. Um, I'm also reminded that there are people like Deshaun Watson still in the league. Mm. That yes. the, the system – well, I, guess I shouldn't say the system. It, it's team by team, and it's unfair. Um it is really based on yeah, it's not employer. universal. It's not. It's yeah. it's based on the employer. It's based on the team. What they believe their values are. What they're willing to spend. What they're willing to let go. All of those things. Um, you know, I I I do agree that you know this you think should give the opportunity for him to have a conversation with someone. The only thing is that I I I I do wonder. Is there a reason why no one? Well, first off, we don't know how long this has been out. You know, this is an ESPN story that that was uh, that came out because they obtained and reviewed 
an hour and 41 minutes worth of audio that went back to a meeting that took place five, uh, yeah, five months ago. So how much of this was, was known hmm. by the Bills or anybody in the NFL prior to this? I'm unsure. And I, I, I'm willing to wait, you know, here in the offseason, a month, two months, three months, to see if because of this and the reviewing of that audio, and now that that's public, whether that does change the perception. Hmm. But if we get to August and we get to September, then I'm almost kind of forced to ask the question, well, is there another reason why nobody's talking to him? Um, because, you know, we've talked about, we, we've watched him played at San Diego state one heck of a punter. Um, you know, I am a firm believer and I'm sure you are too, that, you know, if if he can, he can be one heck of a player, but if you're really bad representation of a team in a community that shouldn't guarantee you a place on a team, because these teams are, you, you mentioned brands. Um, I also say they're, you know, community resources in a way. Um, Especially one like Buffalo. It's yeah. a smaller market led by a community similar to uh, Green Bay, yeah. actually. Um, so it, it is uh, maybe not more important in those, but it feels more important in those in those smaller markets. You're right. Um, so I that does make me kind of interested. If, if nothing happens, then why? And, mm. I, I, and I'll, I'll give it a couple months yeah. to see how it goes. Um, but if we get to August, well, I, I think we need to circle back to this and, and ask ourselves because that's when you have training camp and that's when you have those tryouts and guys who are going to make teams and guys who may get cut and hope for an opportunity in the spring. Um, I think that's when we'll learn more. I think, I think we'll get a firm understanding. And you know what's also going to happen as well. There are going to be people who will ask the Bills, and there are going to be people who ask some of these other teams randomly in the NFL, hey, um, what about this situation? You know, if you've got a an issue with the punter position, are you willing to 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 talk to him? Are you yeah. willing to to take a chance on this individual? You know, I um, I think we got to give it a little while to see it all kind of unfold. I think before we really get a true sense of what's happening and and if there is a backstory to it. Uh, your final words, I think my final words, uh, because I just defer to you half the time. Because if there's if there's time, I let it go to you first. I'm, I'm Portuguese. I tend to talk too much. Portuguese, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, we'll do that coming up. We'll also update what's going on Denver and Phoenix game five of that Western Conference semifinal. That's on the way after traffic. This is off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> All right, sports cards and collectibles coming up here in about, I'm going to do this like they do in the news, 12 minutes from Mark. That's what they do behind the scenes. From Mark. Yeah, it is the, the special reports and sometimes when they're telling people when to be ready for something. Uh, blankety blank news special report in 15 seconds from Mark. They also do the three. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. And, and sometimes they just they do the mark thing, and then they expect you to – you're looking at a clock. You just need time. I had to do special reports earlier today. We had to grab some from our, from our network for our other mm. studio uh, for, a, for a news story that was going on there. And, uh, yeah, the, the anchor would come on because we get to listen to the back feed mm. we, so we can hear behind the scenes. And the anchor comes on and says, CBS News special report coming down in 15 seconds from Mark. mark. And that's your 45 
Your report comes on at the top of the, at, at right at the top of the next minute on cue. Wow. Some inside hardball. Learn something new every day. Yeah, that's uh, that's timing. Uh, some people are good at timing. Some people are not good at timing. Uh, we were talking about the Warriors earlier. Not good at timing, apparently. Yeah. Uh, texter from the 255. The Warriors need a big in their tool bag. Someone like a JaVale McGee type they had back in 2017. Not necessarily an all-star, but someone who could provide an effective presence on D. That missing piece is glaring in this series. Also, it's really not clear why Kaminga is not getting played. They need a little more athleticism to match when the Lakers make certain younger substitutions. If Bam Adebayo was on the Warriors, they'd be the number one team in the West right now. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be an Embiid, you know, or a Jokic. It it needs to be a a decent big down low that, that can contribute on the defensive side. If Jordan Poole... And Anthony Wiggins would play to their potential. We're not talking about the Warriors down 3-1. As good as the Lakers have been here recently, we're not talking about a 3-1 series. Mm. Uh, last words, final words, that's what we call it. Uh, your final words first. I've got a hot take for this Tuesday. Hey, we're only two hours and 52 minutes into the show, and now you've got a hot take. That's right. Uh, that's that, supposed to be in the A block. I know. Now that we've... Uh, Seen the the ending of uh, what happened between the 76ers and the Celtics. I have a hot take on that. Oh, okay. Now okay. I see why. Okay. Yes, I wanted to. I wanted to watch till the end of that game. I believe not only that the Sixers are going to win in. Uh, I believe it'll be six games. So they're they're winning the next one at home mm-hmm. in Philly. But when they do, the Celtics are going to break up that group. Oh, I think Jalen Brown will probably be shopped around. Okay. Um, I feel like that core group of guys, it would have worked by now. This is now year three, potentially even year four of them trying to make this nucleus of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. um, um, Who's the, uh, the, the big guy down low? Al Horford. Horford. Thank you. Um, and uh, a couple others, I, I think it w- the time has come and gone mm-hmm. for that to be successful, and they're going to need to uh, um, kind of uh, set up shop elsewhere. I think there will be one thing that will be broken up. I don't think it will be the core. Mm. I think it will be a head coach shakeup. Another one. Um, you know, Joe Mazzula was put in a situation where, you know, the Ime Udoka thing where he That's had right. an inappropriate relationship. Joe Mazzula was was elevated to the head coaching position. I don't know that he's the guy. Uh, you know, maybe it's unfair because he's only been given one year. But in Boston, um, it, it, it doesn't have to be fair. Uh, there are high standards and high expectations. And if you look outmatched. Yeah. And they kind of look outmatched. Um, and getting whomped at home. Yeah. That doesn't happen to them. No. And I, I think some of that is due to coaching. Uh, it's not all on coaching, but I think there's an expectation that you should be better in that department. And I mm. think Boston, I would not be surprised if Boston goes out looking for a head coach who's got a lot more experience. Because mm. um, I don't I don't know that if you break that up. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw this point back at you. If you break that up, then what? You rebuild. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who do you do? You spend big money to 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 try to 
revitalize to get back in, in the race? Like, what do you do? Yeah, I think uh, Jalen Brown, to me, is too similar of a player to Jason Tatum. Both mm-hmm. of them are terrific um, off-the-ball scorers and ISO offensive, um, offensive players that they need to replace one or the other with the other's counterpart. Um, more of a distributor, more of a, a game manager, if you will. I, I don't know. Um, take Steph and Clay, for instance. They're both great scorers, but they do it in two very different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't see their games quite uh, complementing each other the way that uh, they should to, to make that five successful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my final words. Yeah. Are you a dog guy? Absolutely. Okay. Have you ever heard of this breed? The Petite Bassett Griffon Vendine. Mm. Have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of that. Neither have I. Go Google it because that was your Westminster Best in Show winner today. Uh, The Westminster Dog Show just wrapped up earlier today. I am a dog guy. uh, But, yeah, I have never heard of the Petite Bassett Griffon Vendine. And for that exotic of a name of a type of dog breed, what's the name of the dog? Buddy Holly. I mean, he kind of looks like Snoopy <laughs> a, a little bit, just, just, you know, gray and white Snoopy, I think is, is black and black white, right? Yeah. Um, shape wise though. Yeah. Where do the, uh, you know, as much as I love dogs, sometimes I, I see everybody's Googling it in the other room. They're looking, they're Googling and they're looking for pictures of the petite Bassett Griffon Vendine, which is some, which sounds like a painting that you probably buy at an auction and you spend $100,000 more than you should on. Um, like at sports cards and collectibles? Like at auction? Wow. Uh, yes, apparently we've gotten the thumbs up on that, apparently. Um, but I just love the name Buddy Holly. For there, there are There's less words in the name than there is in the breed. It's amazing. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll see you at Beer Lab. We'll talk mm-hmm. to you tomorrow, my friend. Uh, sports cards and collectibles coming up next.